In today's show, we look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. We look at players who are added, players who are dropped, what we can do for the rest of this week. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're here to look at the waiver wire. Um, a lot of waiver wire stuff at this point of the year, it's got to be short term. Like we're not talking rest of season ads. We're not talking, um, stashing and waiting. Like we're talking dropping guys who are top 80 players because they play one game to end the week in the last four days. Like that's what we've got to do. Roto leagues, a little bit of a different situation, obviously, but we've got two and a half weeks left in the regular season here for the NBA. So you've just got to be making moves that makes sense to get more games in. Uh, Even in Roto, if you're down on your games cap, you need to start churning guys in. Like in one of my Roto leagues, one of my positions, a few of mine are over, some of are under, but one of my positions, I've got 15 games left. And there's like 18 games left or 18 game days left in the season. So if I just keep one player in that spot, I'm not going to hit the games max. So I've got to start rotating guys through in that position. So have a look how many games left in your Roto League you've got for each spot and count how many days are actually left in the season because it won't be just as simple as keeping that one person in that spot. You're going to have to start getting guys in. And if you leave it too late, there's nothing you can do to keep up. You cannot catch up if you've got more games left in a slot versus days left in a season. So you're going to have to start looking at that and getting it started and getting it going quickly. In saying all of that, Let's look at some of the most added players on the waiver wire. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The most added player, well, the first two most added players on the wire are both Utah Jazz players, Oshay Abaji and Chris Dunn. Now, there is an element there, I think, of chasing. Last time out, both of these guys put up gigantic numbers for very specific reasons, but they both put up gigantic numbers. Now, the Jazz have a pretty good schedule. They play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Um, that's that's totally good. Um, but we have to remember the last game, Larry Markin was out, and that enabled Abaji to get a lot more usage and get a couple more rebounds, and he also shot 60% from three. We also have to remember that Taylor Horton Tucker had 5,021 minutes, so Dunn played 28 minutes or 29 minutes, actually, or 31, actually, it was, in the end, uh, where Dunn had played... 20, 21, 16, the last three games prior to that. So, while yes, I absolutely agree that Chris Dunn is a must-roster player because even in 22 minutes a night, he is a guy that impacts 12-team leagues. And with three games coming in the next four nights, it makes a ton of sense. And yes, Abaji's worth looking at with Jordan Clarkson, the man on the street, actually being the man on the sidelines. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Like, Abaji's going to play 30 minutes a night. He's not going to shoot. 60% from three is probably not going to have the same usage or score 20 points a game, maybe 16 points a game with two threes. That's still pretty good. 
But I think that we need to, while adding them is correct, I think we still need to be cautious about what output they're giving us. The next most added player is the wave pool, De'Anthony Melton. With PJ Tucker out last game, he was great. And now the specter of Jim Harden's injury looms. Harden is listed questionable for today's game. They have a back-to-back coming up, and I am certain. Now, I want to be really clear on this, and I, I get it because sometimes I talk a lot. I have a lot of stuff that I put out, and it can be hard sometimes to always hear what I say. But this is just one example. Like someone messaged me this today. said, hey, you said that you don't. James Harden's not going to play a game this week, and that's not what I said. What I said was I'd be really surprised if he plays all three. In fact, I think it's very unlikely he plays in both games that back-to-back, and I think a best-case scenario um, is probably well, not even a best case, but I think a likely scenario is one game out of the next three for Harden. That's what I expect. I don't expect. I didn't say, and that's not. I'm not putting that out there that he's going to miss the rest of the week. I think that with three games in four nights coming up for the Sixers, there's no way Harden plays all three of those, and there is a chance that he sits two. That's the point I was trying to get across with that one. So, what that means is that the ga- every game that Harden is out, D'Anthony Melton steps up into a bigger role. That's just pretty straightforward stuff. He's not always going to succeed in a big role, but the big role is there. Now, prior to that, he was struggling. He was playing like 18 minutes a night, but now that someone's out, we go back to Melton, and that, that makes a lot of sense. One of the other most added players is John Kaminga in Golden State, and he's someone I just don't feel comfortable trusting. Is it okay to use him? Sure. They play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday to end this week. Um, he's played 26, 30, and 26 minutes the last three games. I feel like he's going to get over 25 a night comfortably. But he can have issues with lack of counting stats outside of points and sometimes efficiency issues. He'll have the nights where he's 80% and then 40% with one of three from the line. I don't have any problem with adding Kaminga, but he's not someone I'm massively into. Austin Reeves, one of the most added players. Fair enough. He was awesome last time we saw him. We've gotten through the two days where he hasn't played, and now they play three games in five nights to end the week. Great. He's a great ad for now. Love it. In Charlotte, big dick Nick Richards. I do not know about Mark Williams. I have no idea whether Mark Williams is going to play. The Hornets don't play till Thursday, so we probably won't hear anything until tomorrow on that anyway. But Richards, people dropped him because he played 13 minutes against the Sixers with five fouls. They, again, people don't look into context with a lot of this stuff. They didn't look into context. He played 26 against the Pacers and was great. And they have a Thursday, Friday, Sunday schedule, three games in four nights to end the week. I don't know if Williams plays. Got absolutely no idea. He may, he may not. I expect that he doesn't. But Richards is a strong ad, but he shouldn't have probably shouldn't have been dropped anyway after that game. Although, to be fair, he was dropped because they didn't play a game across the weekend. But you know, adding him back for Monday was the smart move. Let's talk about this one now. We've gone five minutes, six minutes before without talking about it. Paul George out for the rest of the regular season. Let's be fair. Two to three weeks, Woj. Come on, mate. That's the end of the regular season. Don't worry. He's not playing in the regular season. I expect he's going to miss some time in the playoffs as well. That's a reevaluation, two to three weeks as Obi decides to leave. Um, George is not returning anytime soon. That knee injury looked bad. At least it appears he's avoided a serious ACL injury. Uh, I, I would, I would again, a knee sprain in two weeks is um, fanciful thinking. It's just not realistic. He is going to miss time here. Um, but for fantasy purposes, we just he's done. Right, he's finished. I don't know who they start. They could very easily start Eric Gordon. They could start Terrence Mann. I think it's fair to say that both guys get boosts. Um, Gordon's already playing 28 minutes a night, so whether he starts or not, doesn't actually change that much. He might go from 28 to 31. Right? He doesn't change that much. But Terrence Mann's playing sub-20. So he goes from sub-20 to 29. 
So he might, so let's say Eric Gordon takes Paul George's role and goes from 29 to 33. That means Terrence Mann takes Eric Gordon's role and moves from 18 to 28. That becomes interesting. Yes, if Russell Westbrook is available in your league, this is a huge boost for him. I think he plays way more minutes and his usage goes up. RIP, your percentages, they're going to suffer. But the other stuff's going to go up for him. Especially with Norman Powell out as well. These other guys are going to have good numbers. Now, Terrence Mann is one of the most added players. I think he's worth a look, but I'm also understanding that he's not going to be awesome. I don't think he's going to be fantastic. I don't think he's going to be putting up great numbers. Same with Gordon. Like rest of season, I don't have either of these guys projected as top 100 players or even top 120 players. That's with Paul George out. They're just, with the ecosystem of this team, they're just, to me, not likely to get there. But they can still be useful enough. The Clippers play Thursday, Saturday, so two more games this week. There's an opportunity there to see what we can do with them. So I would add man over Gordon, but it's a bee's dick in it, mate. Like it's so close. I, I could go either way. You go further down the list, and then you look at Batum. Like that's much further. The other one interesting is Marcus Morris, who is bad. And honestly, I don't know how he gets gifted starters minutes on this team. He has been a bad player for a very long time. But I know that Ty Lue is going to give him good minutes, and he's probably going to give him more shots. He is a guy that needs like a lot of minutes and a lot of shots to be fantasy relevant, but he might just end up getting that. So he probably moves into that mix alongside Gordon and Mann as a 12-team adjacent player. They probably give some extra minutes to Covington. They might give some to Amir Coffey, but that's probably not going to be 12-team relevant. But Terrence Mann is the guy that has been added in most spots here. I, I think it's okay. I don't think it's an absolute game changer by any means, but it is worth looking at. And then the other one is Benedict Matherin because he was dropped because of the injury. Fair enough. He came back. He played well. But we also have to understand that he has been a terrible category league player all season. Not terrible. Completely overrated as a fantasy category player all season. And I don't really expect much of that to change, especially with Halliburton likely to return, if not Wednesday, maybe Friday, Saturday. So Matherin is fine to add, just understanding his limitations and uh, how you have to build that into your team. If you do that, then you'll be all right. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. You are a fantasy basketball player and you have dreamed of becoming an NBA GM. Don't lie. I know you have. Well, if you had that dream, now you can play it out. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and the assistants, training your players, trading for players, free agency, making draft picks, just basically navigating your franchise through a season, doing everything that you need to do to get them on track to win the title. It's all challenging. It's in a realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play whenever and wherever you want to. Locked On Fantasy Basketball listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's all caps, one word, in the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. You can scan the code that's on your screen or look it up on the app stores. That is probasketballgm.com. The game is Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Let's look at the most dropped players across waiver wires. Do these make sense? I think most of them we can look at and go, yeah, they do. Malik Monk, stunk. He was terrible yesterday. This is what Monk does. He goes out, he puts up some good games, and then he shits the bed. They don't play until Friday, so we've got Wednesday, Thursday with no games. They have a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. There is an expectation that Herder plays in at least one of those games, which I would say have an impact on Monk, but not really. The three games without Herder... 23, 24, 17 minutes. 
the three, the four games prior, all the three games where Herder was healthy, 25, 20, 24. Like, literally exactly the same. Nothing actually changed. The only game things changed for Monk was the game in which Herder got hurt. He left after six minutes and Monk played 29 minutes. Otherwise, he just did exactly the same thing. I think that's pretty bad coaching, but whatever. I'm not the guy who's the front runner for coach of the year, so I probably don't know as much as Mike Brown does. But if Monk's value is not actually bumping with Herder out and he's inconsistent, then what are we doing? Yeah, move on. See you later. Scooter Magruder, put up a nice little run. Thank you for your service, sir. They play one more game this week. He's fucking Rodney Magruder. Like, he's not that good. Rocket, rocket, rocket. We can't think. We can't think. Right? Right. Yeah, come, on, come on, come on, come on. With one game left in five days, it is one of the easiest jacks you will ever have. Aaron Neesmith and Andrew Nembhard, two paces guys who are definitely inconsistent and underperforming. And now Halliburton is returning, or maybe returning, and Duarte is maybe returning. Absolutely no problem. Now, if I had them on my roster and they were there sitting for Wednesday, I don't know that I would drop them. Like, again, we, if we want to make waiver moves, I want to get positive. I want to, and by positive, I mean I want to get extra games. So I'm not dropping a Nempard or, or a um, Neesmith to add someone who just plays the same amount of games, especially on that day. Right, well, I guess I'll, he's playing Wednesday, I'll drop him and get someone else to play Wednesday. And they still have a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. So they've got three games in four nights coming up the paces. So I get it from a underperforming aspect. But if you add, if you drop him and had someone who plays two more games this week or plays Wednesday and then Saturday, like, is that actually worth it? Work out how you maximize games. Because Nembhard is still going to start. Neesmith is probably still going to start, albeit likely 20 minutes a night. So... Three games in four nights, I'm not... I wouldn't be that quick to well without that were terrible must drop. A lot of numbers game stuff. And I am, as I've said many times, working on way, and I think I've figured it out, for next year's leagues that I run, where we have a situation where there is um, no games played discrepancies in a fantasy matchup. You will play whatever the number is. Everyone will play 40. There's no last game max game limit loophole where you can go over on the final day. It is a set amount of games every week. I figured, and, and it's not like sleepers format of you play once. It's, yeah, I think I figured it out. And I think it's going to be good. Um, Marvin Bagley, the fourth has been dropped. He's on the waiver wire. That's where he is. Rightfully so. Again, one game left for the rest of the week for James Wiseman. One game left for the rest of the week for James Wiseman Senior, Marvin Bagley, the third. These guys can be dropped. I know it's really, really hard to drop someone like the actual Marvin Bagley after that massive performance yesterday. And I saw this discussed somewhere. I don't remember where it was. People said, man, how, how, can, I, how can I drop him? I think I'm just going to hold and write it out. Like, guys, Marvin Bagley was fantastic yesterday. Absolutely. He put up a huge game, one of his best ever. It was a game that they had no other centers and Wiseman like was in foul trouble, played only 19 minutes. And we never expect Bagley to be efficient from the field, from the line, to get steals, to get blocks, to get assists, and to be that good of a player, right, in general. And even if he did that, again, for their game on Friday. That's one game in five nights. I can actually make up that difference at his absolute peak by getting other players in for the other for the rest of that week. So I don't see any justification for holding on to Marvin Bagley after he just... And I know it, it, it screws with your brain. How can I possibly drop him after that performance? And I know we're talking Wiseman here. And we're talking Hayes as well, who was great last game too. Like, how can I drop him? Look how good he was. Like, the chances of that happening again is so infinitesimally small and you just got to go with the five. You can get five games into that roster spot versus one. And it's Marvin Bagley. 
or James Wiseman, or Killian Hayes, or Jaden Ivey. Um, most dropped players, Paul George, yes. Um, we hope that he's able to recover and play a prominent part in the playoffs. I have some doubts, but he's done for the regular season. And then this one was weird. Why is Eric Gordon one of the most dropped players? I'm well, actually, you know what? I don't get it. Because I know that he was quite poor yesterday, Eric Gordon. He was poor. But if you dropped him because he was poor yesterday, then you know that Paul George got hurt in that game. So that doesn't make any sense. That is the ultimate, I am reacting to one game with zero context move. That's all that is. That is that like, this guy, I've never touched him. He was terrible. He's ruining my team. Never again. Without looking at any context surround the situation whatsoever. All you had to do was actually look at what happened in the game and go, ah, yeah, he was terrible, but Paul George is done. Like, maybe I'll just hold and see what happens. He was bad. But that's weird. That's that's bad fantasying, I think. Not saying Gordon's going to be great, but it's a poor thought process. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel. The tournament is heating up. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, three-pointers drained, points scored per player. It is all there. We have a look at some of Wednesday's action. The Spurs are a staggering 17.5-point underdogs against the Bucks, I know they're bad. That is a, I don't know if I've ever seen a spread that big outside of college basketball. That is insane. And they probably won't cover it. You can check that out and all of the action for the NBA over on FanDuel. And FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanjul.com slash locked on. That's fanjul.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanjul, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at expendable players. And you're going to look at that first name there and go, Josh, have you lost your mind? Yes, but not here. The name that I've got at the top of my expendable list is Carl Anthony Towns. Now, this is for after Wednesday's games. After Wednesday's games. Towns is back. Awesome. We have waited since November for this. As Meek Mill? As Meek Mill used to say, you know, I've prayed for times like these. Here he is. We're back. Four months later. 100 days, whatever it is. He's back. But after today, they don't play until Sunday. And Towns is going to be on a minutes limit, I am guessing. Maybe he plays 24 minutes. And that would mean that I go for zeros for Thursday, Friday, Saturday to get 24 minutes out of a rusty Carl Anthony Towns. And while we might enjoy things being rusty like our trombones, I'm not sure that we like our Towns being rusty and taking up a roster spot for those three nights. This is more important if your league ends on Sunday. This is more important um, if you are in a situation where you are in a tight battle to get through to next week. But for the rest of this week, I don't think town after Wednesday, after Wednesday, like if you've got him now, you hold him. Like for the rest of this week, I don't think Towns is a top, 100, a top 200 player on a totals basis. And that's where you've got to make a hard call. He could go out and have a huge game, right? I doubt it, but he could. He could have 20 and 10 in 25 minutes. It's possible. 
but I've also sacrificed a roster spot for three straight days. Now, if you're able to do some sort of IL plus shenanigans, maybe you can, and you're able to put him into your lineup on Wednesday and back in IL Thursday, congratulations. You've worked the system well, and that's fantastic. But if you haven't, I'm not sure he's worth a hold. You'll notice a few Timberwolves on this list. Mike Conley, Jaden McDaniels, Kyle Anderson. It's the same thing. One one game, four nights. And it's not until Sunday. For as good as these guys can be, well, McDaniels isn't that good. Conley's not that good. Although Conley's been playing better of late. Kyle Anderson's been dominating, but he's probably going to drop off a little bit with Towns back. The one game's not worth it. You can make that decision again to hold if you're in a strong spot for the week. But the longer you wait to hold on to them after Wednesday's game, the less value you get out of that spot. If you wait and then drop them Saturday or Friday, you've lost that value of getting someone in on Thursday. So if you're going to make a call on it, you've got to do it after today's game and get the extra value in those three bonus days. Um, Maga Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. These are not guys that I think are going to be top 200 value after Wednesday's game because they play one more game and it's on Saturday. Again, it's really hard to get one game in four nights and be a useful 12-team league player. It's very hard. And that's going to be the same with a lot of these guys here on this list. Like Killian Hayes, the same thing. One game, rest of the week. You can't hold on to that. The other interesting one here is Emmanuel Quickly. That, and this goes with a lot of Knicks players. If you are in your final week, after Thursday, you drop everybody because they're done. If you are not in your final week, Quickly's a fringe player. Josh Hart is probably a fringe player. RJ Barrett is a fringe player. After Thursday, you drop them because they don't play for three nights to end the week. And they're not good enough to create zeros on your team for that long. So while Quickly is an expendable player, it's after Thursday. But even if you wanted to add someone else in, it would make sense given he's got one game in the final four nights of the week. But if he's on your roster, you hold through Thursday and then drop. And you get the same benefit as dropping before Thursday. Actually, you get less benefit. So he is expendable like the Knicks, but you wait until after Thursday. Let's look at some players who have been top 100 over the last week. Marvin Bagley, clearly, he was great yes, last game. Unbelievable. The one game kills him. Oshai Baji, really fueled by that big performance uh, last game without marketing. We'll get a very interesting data point today with Lowry back. And I imagine that his usage will push down the pecking order a little bit here, Oshai. And we'll see what he's able to do. He's fine to have, but we'll see. Timothy John McConnell, Yes, Halliburton coming back will impact him. But as I said earlier with the Pacers, they've got three games in four nights. So if I've got McConnell, even if he plays 20 minutes, that's 60 minutes across four nights, he might be useful enough. That might be 15, 16 assists. Might be five steals. It's it's enough. Aaron Neesmith's been top 100 somehow. And I just, everything I've said earlier about Neesmith, you heard. Rodney Magruder's been top 100. That's cool. I'll see you later. Yudoka Azebioke. Played one game and was very, very good for the Jazz. Do I know that he's going to be the backup center over Damian Jones? No. But I think he will be at least for a couple of games. That's yeah, Top 100 was, is great, obviously. We're not looking at him that way, and he's not a 12-team league player. But deeper leagues will want to pay attention. Trenton Watford is on this Top 100 list. I think he's a must-grab player. And we're going to talk more about Blazers soon. We talked a lot about Blazers yesterday in the recap show. Um, me having some understanding that maybe... Maybe Simons and Grant have played for the last time this season. Not confirmed. Um, and Lillard probably done early next week is my guess. 
with them. So Watford, even though he didn't start last game, he's going to start moving forward because Reddish is going to start in place of Simons would be my guess. And Watford will start in place of Grant. So Watford's top 100, you grab him. Richard Bullock. Yeah, he's been a top 100 player. I don't trust that like at all though. I don't have any trust in Richard Bullock doing anything more than being the occasional three-point streamer. Now for the Mavericks... Doncic has been upgraded to probable for Wednesday, and Irving's still questionable, but Hardaway's out. So the return of those guys does hurt these peripheral players. Not that Bullock is a guy that's ever able to up his um, usage or anything like that. Let's look at the rest of the week. Thursday through Sunday. This is after Wednesday. Where is the value lying here? Well, you can see there's a lot of Charlotte Hornets players. Nick Richards, Dennis Smith Jr., three games, four nights in Thursday after uh, from Thursday onwards to end the week. We like that. I'm not expecting Mark Williams back, but even if Williams does play, Richards is still going to have enough value with three games in four nights. Dennis Smith probably plays 30 a night. That's useful enough if you can deal with a field goal percentage hit. Isaiah Joe and Lou Dort on the Thunder, three games in four nights to end the week. Joe's not a great player. Actually, his advanced stats actually suggest maybe he is. But in terms of being a double-digit scorer who can hit multiple threes, you can do that three times in four nights. I feel really good about using him. Midwest Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort. Yes, great defense last game on Kawhi. His volume helps, especially for points leagues. You have to really worry about some of the stuff that he does offensively with the shooting percentages, but his role's there and the games are there. Cole Anthony is on this list as well as a strong ad for the rest of the week. I don't know um, when Jalen Suggs is returning. I know that he's out on Thursday. They've only got two more games this week, but that's good enough for me for Cole. Trenton Watford's on this list. As I talked about, I don't expect Jeremy Grant back. Um, Austin Reeves is on this list rest of the week. Yeah, look, LeBron's not coming back this week and Reeves is going to have a sizable role. They've got three more games, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Um, from Thursday onwards, there's only the two games, obviously, but that's good enough for Reeves. And then the last name on this list, he came out of nowhere last game, Dayron Sharp. Now, I don't know that Dayron Sharp's going to get minutes every game because his game log is 20 minutes last game, eight the game before, and then zero, 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 zero. Not in the rotation. But if he is in the rotation as a backup center, and if he is playing 16 minutes a night, the fact that they play three games in four nights starting Thursday, that is 48 minutes of Dayron Sharp. And he won't be a 32 usage guy like he was last game. But there's a little bit sneaky getting the volume in. Because you know what, guys? Say it with me. The value is in the volume. And he's a guy that can get rebounds. You might, You literally might get 30 rebounds. You might get 35 points, 30 rebounds, four blocks from Dayron Sharp, and no one's adding him. I don't think you should necessarily go and grab him, but I'm not ruling it out because that schedule really does boost him up. Let's look at some other names. We'll go to Portland first. As I said, I've talked a lot about yesterday, a lot about the Blazers and the potential absences of players. So Watford would be my priority. Cam Reddish would be next, and Shaden Sharp would be after that. I think we're going to see 30 minutes a night from Sharp rest of season. I think we're going to see 30 minutes a night from Reddish. I think we're going to see 30 minutes plus a night of um, Watford. And I think we're going to get to 28 or so of Eubanks because I do think Nurkic will sit down as well. So there are quite a few options here. If you want to get ahead of the curve, it is risky because this stuff might not happen straight away. Maybe Simons does come back. Maybe Grant does come back. But I'd be more than happy to grab Watford and Reddish and then to a lesser extent Sharp because it's another great fantasy game. Isaiah Jackson's an interesting one. 18 minutes a night, he's a 12-team league player. But I don't know that he's going to play every night. I honestly don't. Because the pattern has been that he won't. Last game, they played Jalen Smith at power forward, which was 
very interesting for Jackson's value, which gives me a little bit of hope that if we do add him, maybe there's something there. But man, who knows? Their rotations are all over the shop. Santi Aldama. Um, Jamaran is returning. I'm not sure how much that impacts Santi, but we saw him really start to pick it up last game and then really going more with Jaron at center, limiting Tillman, and that meant more for Aldama. Now, previous to that, he'd played like 20 minutes a night and wasn't good enough, but he's at least a name to watch and think about. Sandra Mamakalashvili was great last time out for the Spurs. Whenever Zach Collins is out, I'm interested in Mamu. And if I added him yesterday, I would hold him today because he is a backup and he'll get 20 minutes. But he was great. For deeper leagues, Julian Champagne is in San Antonio. He's played like 18 minutes a night the last two nights, and they are going to liberally sit guys down. And I'm not saying that Champagne is a 12-team league player because he isn't. But he is someone that is a value option in deeper leagues who is rostered honestly nowhere. Like who's rostering Julian Champagne? But sometimes you need to understand these names and get a little bit ahead of them. At least have them on your watch list. So you can go, ah, it is trending for him. In Philadelphia. With James Harden maybe missing some time, Milton, we hope, is able to get some extra playing time. Yes, DeAnthony Melton is the better option, but Shake Milton was trending up. Now, this is where it's hard to understand because he played 19 minutes, 21 minutes. Oh, it's pushing up. 26. Look at this. 28. Yeah, here we go. It's like the Vince McMahon meme. And then he plays eight. And you go, what? That's weird. But if Harden sits some of these games, Milton will have to push back up to 20 minutes. And that at least pushes him into the discussion to be a 12-team streamer. And then the other one is Jaden Hardy, who's been a little bit all over the place. Last game, he did replace Justin Holiday in the rotation. But if Doncic and Irving play... I'm not actually sure that he plays any minutes, but we want to watch that because he can be a microwave scorer, scorer, which for deeper leagues is important. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.